And we are back to another episode of... Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics! Yeah! I want you to know I didn't know what the fuck you were doing about halfway through that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was like, wait, why is he talking like... Oh, that's supposed to be either Kermit or Grover? Somewhere in there. Who, who fucking knows? <laughs> <laughs> If I'm you out don't, of practice with doing that. Explains not, that impersonation. Yeah, no, I wasn't sure where it was going till it got to the end, and I figured a Kermit Yay was the important uh, <laughs> the punctuation for that whole production. Anyway, welcome uh, to to this production, the first episode of 2018 with the entire cast. Yeah, all two of us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's a hard two to get. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Uh, but yes. So, um, I don't know. You see, you see anything good while I was gone, movie wise? Uh, besides the post. I still, yeah, I haven't seen the post yet. The post was amazing. Uh, I I managed to get out of 2017 without having seen Book of Henry, despite your attempting to prod me into it. <laughs> uh, I will succeed uh, in the end. You will see. <laughs> You understand God, the beauty of a child genius calling on his payphone outside of his elementary school to his stockbroker. I can't. I can't tell from how you're saying this whether or not you realize that a cult movie is not supposed to actually have a literal cult built around it. Um, <laughs> maybe that's uh, unclear. But, yeah. but anyway, so so today we are not talking about any of that crap. I was just doing patter because we're. It it creates a feeling of natural conversation that is welcoming to an audience. Audience, don't question it. Um, we're, we're talking. Gonna... Uh, yeah, we're we are we are talking about media, home media, <laughs> and a, a dozen logos just flash before my mind. All of them. <laughs> logos i haven't the only way i can see them anymore is when i go on youtube and look at old things oh yeah i love the fact that you can go on youtube and find like the intros to vhs copies of things i know (laughs) like with their weird commercials because everybody's got a different one um kara will constantly talk about whenever this topic comes up the commercials before the the VHS copy of Tim Burton's Batman, uh, eighty nine <laughs> Batman, with like the Warner Brothers stuff and and all like the Diet Coke ads and all that right. stuff. Uh, for me, I have this very clear memory of a, uh, a I think it's a Pizza Hut pizza ad that happened in front of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon the movie. Um, <laughs> That that was like a kid who was bad at uh, he like played in in the outfield and like his oh I play my field I where the dandelions grow damn right <laughs> I man like the the only thing that made that imperfect for me actually caught the thing otherwise that would have been my childhood so hard <laughs> oh my god that that song was everywhere when. <laughs> But That's yes, back when Pizza I, uh, Hut I actually had merchandise tie-ins. Also, um, <laughs> sub thing. Uh, one of the greatest things I've ever found on YouTube, and I was so happy I found this, uh, was a recorded off of television Muppets Christmas special. Not Muppet Christmas Carol. That's different. 
this is Muppet Christmas special that had like the Muppets, but also like Fraggles. Oh, and... the one when they go to Fozzie's uh, mom's house. Yeah, exactly. I used to, I used to have that on VHS. Yeah, and it had, and it still has commercials like the recorded off of TV for like Oshkosh jeans and M and M's that still have the tan ones. <laughs> anyway, Oshkosh I have derailed this. I have derailed this hard. <laughs> let's let's well, reel this back in. <laughs> so first off, like we're talking about movies like home video, but it, it's you have to understand that. Uh, hold on, let me look something up here. Before 1948, there was, like, television didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Like, once, and once, once television upon a time, came... uh, yeah. back, in the, back in the, I believe, the Bronze Age, they did not have television. Well, and here's the thing, though, right? Like, 1948, they have four channels. NBC, CBS, ABC, and, brace yourself, the Dumont Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Which I hadn't... <laughs> I and like these are not. I want to see what the Dumont Channel had. Is that like and the Fox are... of his time? These are not twenty-four hour channels. There are no. test patterns after it. Like it, uh, they close for the day. Well, not only that, but there are no movies on these channels. Mm-mm. No, this is just this is like news. This is like television shows, variety shows. Movies don't come on a television until nineteen fifty-six. Yeah, like this is. This is one of those arcs of technology that's always really weird when you actually think about how recent any of this is. Like, the distance between the first plane taking off and landing on the moon. Right. Which we did, if you didn't know that. <laughs> dumb and dumb even talked about it, folks. Come on. Uh, but yeah, that that just like, what TV was when it started is so alien to us now. Well, what's what's really weird is okay. So, 1956, they broadcast. Um, let's see, November 3rd, 1956, they broadcast Wizard of Oz, Miss, uh, Vincent Minnelli's movie, Wizard of Oz. And then the studio started making deals with the Dumonts and ABCs of television. It's like, we will give you our library, but only up until 1948. Mm. <laughs> and so, you're not getting new releases on television. And right, it, like the. The rerun was invented. Right. Well, not even then, not even just because if you think about it, until then, there was no way to see a movie you saw in theaters again without going right. back to the yeah, movie. Yeah. That, like, the the idea, well, I mean, there, there's also a lot more, a, a lot different relationship with, like, how movies are circulated and right. recirculated. Well, you which had less and less now. You had university film clubs. And right. uh, you had, like, local film clubs at libraries in which you had to sign up for at the universities, and they had to basically go to the studios or distribution centers and ask and request copies. And sometimes if you fuck up a copy of the movie, you fucked up a copy of the movie. Like, yeah, because uh, <laughs> there weren't the that many film floating around. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, oh, not, they don't mass produce this shit. They're sending you the <laughs> actual film of the movie, like the actual real-to-real film. And so if you wanted to see, say, Casablanca... You either saw it in theaters, and then when it left, well, you just didn't see it until, like, maybe, maybe they re-released it. <laughs> yeah, then, then you didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's one of the things where, like, it's amazing, like, we can, it, movies fade after time in your mind. And so, like, a lot when you talk to people back then who had a great archival movie knowledge, like, they had to write that shit down. And yeah. they had to, like, it. you had, like, an encyclopedia set of movie information because... 
you had you wouldn't more than likely weren't going to see that movie again. <laughs> yeah, it was it was law like there was a lot more close relationship between say live theater and movies in those days because uh, it's it's just gone. <laughs> right. Well, and then you had the gatekeeper. Like, say you want to get a movie, where you got to go through uh, magazines, zines, and you got to look out. You got to search out these film clubs. I'm sorry. Did you just say? Did you just say zines? Is that how you chose to pronounce that? Literally, I don't right know after, how to say the word. Literally, right after saying the word magazine, of which it is simply the shortened ending. Okay, listen here. Fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> but like you, uh, the gatekeepers for movie knowledge and for getting into movies. Well, had a lot more power, and by gatekeepers, I mean like just whoever were able to start a club. And yeah. if you were, if you didn't have the money, or if you didn't like, if you happen to live in the countries in the boondocks where like clubs weren't, then you were just getting information or knowledge about movies like that was really hard. <laughs> yeah, if nigh on impossible, and in a way, it really sort of like you it kept the movie buffs into the sort of exclusive club and yeah it, it, it meant it it's it, it meant to like to to really be a movie buff and to have all that knowledge and to have it like directly uh i think made people a lot more of like what nerds today like to imagine they are right oh oh have you seen this movie you mean the one that you saw in a theater uh, and like that is distributed everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah i saw that well and it's one of like, because you know, like, you listen to like Lennon Moulton, and actually, you know what? I don't know how old he is, so I'm not going to use him. But like, you do, like, <laughs> when I was little, you would hear Curtis talk about it when they were kids, and I, it's almost, because we would like, we mentioned video stores and video cassettes, and hi, the grocery store had a video store. You just went in, and that's oh, how yeah. you saw movies if you couldn't afford to go to the movies. But it's staggering how information was hoarded not by any like real like malicious intent but simply because there was no way to view the movie and even then television quality was shit yeah and uh, so if you saw a movie on television you probably didn't really see a movie on television <laughs> <laughs> just in terms of how they were edited or or uh whether it was for time or for content or whatever like wow that, uh, just uh, the basic uh, shrinking down the footage, mm. the format changes, the resolution on old. Te- if you watch old television shows, it's amazingly how hard to watch. Like in yeah. terms of like getting a clear picture, it's super fascinating to think back at like how the the shape of the screen has changed. Oh, absolutely! The fact that you can actually see the sort of curved frame of what they're trying to do, like. They design the frame to have curved edges. Yeah. Uh, and, and even, like, I remember the moment where it, it clicked with me, like, why having widescreen movies, uh, back when we called them widescreen as opposed to just movies, um, wh- wh- why getting widescreen copies of things was so important, and that, that was, of course, because of Ghostbusters. Right. Uh, because <laughs> because it's something they talked it's something they talked about in the uh, commentary on the Ghostbusters DVD. Oh, you're talking about like the difference between widescreen and panoscan? 
Yo, that because they, they they mentioned during uh, one of the scenes that like the because uh, they mentioned during one of the scenes like who was cut out of like the TV edit in that scene oh, yeah. because of the way that it, the the sides were. But, but by the way, the pan and scan was like chosen. <laughs> well, and that was that was of course uh, Ghostbusters is the root of all my knowledge. Really, when you get back to when, when you get around well, to it. That goes back to what I'm talking about. Like when you early days when they formatted a movie, they would cut off just whole swaths of yeah. both sides just to get the movie to fit on screen because television screens started out, no duh, really small. Yeah. <laughs> and then I mean, it's, it's also it. I think the because um, I was looking this up earlier uh, because I am a, a goddamn professional, but uh, <laughs> the if if you you can sort of translate the um, the size of the scan lines for uh old cassettes to the size of um the equivalent size in like pixels today and it was something like three oh, man where is it uh ah there it is uh it was something like 330 by 480 for uh uh, for VHS, and it's just <laughs> if you compare that to what we're used to now, because you can like make boxes that size, you know, on your computer screen, and just look at how terrifying that is. <laughs> it's so little. Well, not only that, but t- movies on TV, TV, like I said, 1956. VHSs don't come out until like the mid to late 70s. And and by that we of course mean they come out as an incredibly expensive uh, new technology that is also having violent punch fights with uh, motion picture like company uh, studios. I did I did a little research myself. Do you know how much VHS tapes used to cost back in the day? Like back when they first came out. Each. Or do you mean like the systems, or do you mean each individual tape? These the tapes themselves, like the movie. Ah, uh, I want to say it was like fifty bucks or something. Seventy-two dollars by today's by today's inflation, oh. seventy-two dollars. It was twenty dollars then, but by if we ingested for inflation, it's seventy-two dollars. I'm like, no, the system itself yeah. is like almost four thousand dollars ingested for inflation. Man, I lowballed that. Yeah, that is. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Like, also, when VHS came out, came the VCR, the VHS player. The idea of a remote. My parents had a VCR with a remote control that was plugged into the VCR. <laughs> you had the wired remote? Yes. Oh, uh, that's, that's... I want great. you to understand, and even then I was baffled by the idea of a remote that needed to be plugged into the device. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> but I mean, also, like, we're, we're leading here with, with VHS, and that is not the, that is not the whole story. It's not because there was a, a, as you said, a violent fight. <laughs> well, yeah, because there, well, there were a couple of violent fights because there was the fight of formatting, right. like between different styles of technology. Like if you there, and there are plenty of comparisons we could make since then. Um, right. I think there's, I mean, like there's, there's the uh, like Blu-ray versus HD DVD because just now you remembered HD DVD was a thing. Oh, I but, remember. I just didn't give a shit because. <laughs> I, was, I was i was talking i was talking to the audience but oh, okay. uh, <laughs> but also there were the fights between like because movie studios did not what they did not welcome home media no because they did not 
they did not realize the money they could make on it right. because they just they couldn't wrap their heads around the concept. They were just like, oh, people will record things off of TV and we will all become like hilarious, uh, old, like silent movie poppers. Like, I that's, want you to that's understand what it will be. The history of movie studios can be described as they were against it because they couldn't figure out how to make money off of it. Until they, until they made all the money in the world off of it. <laughs> but uh, but no, because uh, so so VHS uh, was... I, I don't remember... I, I, uh, it's a little contentious as to which was actually first. I think they were basically being developed at the same time because JVC was working on uh, VHS tapes uh, right. is the format they created. And then Sony created the Betamax uh, or the Betamax if you are one of those other countries that speaks English with an accent I don't have. <laughs> um, but yeah, Betamax tapes, which were like they went... If, if you don't know who the loser of this fight is, then it's simply <laughs> because you don't know anything about cassette tapes at all. <laughs> because Betamax was curb stomped so hard that I didn't know they existed at all. Like, they still made Betamax players until, like, for, for a surprisingly longer time than I realized. But <laughs> they, they, but that mainly is a niche thing. Like, they, they were just stomped into the ground. Uh, and I'm sure that Sony feels really good that, like, in the more recent version of this fight, they backed Blu-ray and and won <laughs> hard. But uh, but yeah, yeah Betamax was. And if you if you talk to nerds of a certain age, people can get really snippy about this because, uh, technically speaking, right. uh, Betamax had like a slightly better picture, but it's pretty marginal. <laughs> it's like it had it had like 10 more scan lines or something, which is not a lot. Uh but but, but the thing that really crippled uh I shouldn't say that. The thing that uh that really just caused the defeat of Betamax was length of time. Cuz right. VHS made longer tapes first. Like they made longer tapes first and they made longer longer tapes than Betamax typically was was able to manage. I believe the uh the standard like the the they they hit like 4 hour recording time which was the JVC's VHS tapes did which was their um target because of that's the uh, the average length of an American football game and they knew what they were doing. <laughs> so uh but yeah like B- Betamax was just gone like i grew up in you know i was i was conscious enough in the late 80s to uh to understand how to work a tape player because that was how i watched ghostbusters over and over uh call back to previous my entire life but uh (laughs) but like i didn't know betamax was a thing until far later when like my uncle talked about his uh his his betamax player and he was Sort of one of those people who was mad because he he picked the wrong one at first and then had to like later capitulate and buy everything on VHS. But uh, but yeah, like it's and it's interesting because you see the same kind of thing like trying to to win a standard war. Like you get that with Beta and VHS, you get that with uh, like the Blu-ray and uh, and HD DVD. But you also get that in smaller ways, like with uh, you know the charge cords for different types of phones is I think another favorite for people to make obnoxious changes to and then try and get everyone to buy theirs. Well, the crux of every battle in terms of home media, it boils down to basically how much information it can hold. Yeah. The amount of data and, it can hold. And in terms, of, in terms of movies and, and television and recording and all of that, length of 
thing that what that was the deciding factor. Yeah. Uh, having a slightly better picture did not matter nearly as much, especially when you consider the quality of the picture in question, which being that we live in the far off future of 2020 or whatever year it is, uh, we are super snobs about now. Uh, but it's still like that. Yeah. Like it, it was great at the time because you had it. It was, it was that or nothing. But well, my parent, my stepdad had, and they, this wasn't a laser disc. But it was like oh. a giant floppy disk of a movie, right? Oh, yeah. And you would just slide it in like... It was like a... You, you treated it like a floppy disk. The player was this giant... Like a, the size of a laser disc player. And you slid yeah. it into the slot. And you hit play. And then it basically... It would run, it would run the movie. And then halfway through, it would stop. And you would have to turn it over. Because it only had so much information on one side. And I want you to understand, VHS things had the same issue. Like, I, the way I look at long movies now, it's like, that's a two-tape movie. Oh, yeah. Greatest, oh, yeah. I was, I was going to bring that up. If you, <laughs> I was going to bring that up if you weren't. Uh, I predict that when you as an individual, you, Jeremiah, say two-tape movie, <laughs> your platonic ideal of that is Braveheart. I, yes. I bet money. Yes. <laughs> because can, you how... guess, can you guess what mine is, though? Your uh, two-tape movie? Ooh. Yeah, what is the two-tape movie I think of when I think of two-tape movies? Shameless List? Nope. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead was a two-tape movie? Dawn of the Dead was a two-tape movie. I watched that at uh, Jono's house like a few times. That is uh, And it was, it was a two-taper. <laughs> That's not... How long is it? I, it, it's perfectly long is how long it is <laughs> the, the original the original dawn of the dead is of course a perfect film and uh i will fight anyone who says otherwise um but oh, oh wait I, I forgot i'm sorry i have to butt back in uh because on the wikipedia entry for videotape format war because yeah i did research but i mean i didn't do great research uh <laughs> The, the end of the overview has one of my favorite little apocryphal things. Quote, while there is a popular assumption that VHS won over Betamax due to the pornographic movie market, no clear evidence exists one way or the other. I got news for you, buddy. The evidence is clear. <laughs> well, it gets a little more grainy as you watch them over and over. Um, <laughs> also, you brought up, like, introducing Laserdisc into the conversation. I am so mad that Laserdisc is not the generic term for all optical disc media. <laughs> Did you see that, that uh, instructional video I posted on my Facebook? No, what's this? I stumbled upon an old video where Leonard Nimoy is talking oh, no. about how to use your Laserdisc player. A oh, Laserdisc no. player that he was gifted by either a mystical talking rock or the rock is... <laughs> He sent it in alien form, disguised as a rock. It's never quite just really made clear. Oh. And he's discussing oh, no. it by using such wonderful Laserdisc um, titles as How to Watch Pro Football? Oh, I'm sorry, a Laserdisc instructional video about how best to watch football? Well, no, no, like they have a bunch of different like, uh, examples of Laserdiscs they have. Mm-hmm. And one of them is how to watch pro football because Laserdisc, when it first came out, was very much trying to be like, we have an encyclopedia. And so they had stuff like you can watch, you can compare the, mas the uh, masterworks of uh, great painters 
Freeze oh, Frame no. go back. And so they were basically sort of pitching themselves, not just as a way to watch movies but and concerts, but as a way to just be oh. like... An, that makes like so much of- sense because the only times... Like, I knew one family when I was in elementary school who had a Laserdisc player. Uh, my, my friend Jeremy's family had a la- Laserdisc player. They're the only human beings I've ever met who owned one. <laughs> Every other instance of interacting with Laserdisc was in school. <laughs> That makes sense. That's because that's, they did a lot of that stuff. Oh, as Leonard Nimoy said, like, so in case I want to learn how to swim, because that's what you want to do when you want to learn how to swim, <laughs> is watch a fucking laser disc. Well, yeah, because like, if you start to drown, then the player could eject <laughs> the laser disc, which I assume can double as a flotation device. They also make uh, the hilarious statement of, it's incredibly durable and will not wear out over time as long as you keep it free from scratches and, and moist. So I was like, good luck with as that, As long folks. as you don't damage it, it will never be damaged. I'm like, good luck with that, Leonard. Good fucking luck with that. It is completely indestructible so long as you keep it uh, completely separate from destruct- destructive elements. <laughs> okay, so real quick, getting back to the VHS... Um, Right. We've we've gone in weird circles about format styles for a little while. Let's jump back on track. It is important to mention Laserdisc because Laserdisc will eventually evolve into DVD. Laserdiscs have been around since 1978 or so. Yeah, they were a weirdly early creation considering, like, VHS and Beta came out in, like, 75. Right, so, like, they were just, like, around the same time. It's fact that, like, they were expensive and you had to be rich to own them. Oh yeah, like so, <laughs> because laser, also again, laser discs such a were not hmm? laser discs were not for our kind. No, no, like I said, because they were basically marketing themselves as like an encyclopedia thing. You had to buy so many in order to justify the cost. Oh, but so laser disc eventually becomes DVD because that's essentially just laser disc in miniature form. Right, because uh, laser discs are the LPs of DVDs. And again, this goes back to the amount of information you can store onto a DVD or mm-hmm. Laserdisc. And the clarity of the image that comes from it, whereas VHS and Betamax... <laughs> poor Beta. Um, which, by the way, why would... If you want yours to be the primacy, why would you call it the secondary? <laughs> that is... I don't know. That is a weird choice. It's like, uh, shouldn't it be like the Alpha Max or something? Like, never mind. We're just... Well, yeah, but I mean, it was it was created by Sony, and so maybe <laughs> it's one of those things where it just, they just liked the sound of it, so they're like, we'll use this this foreign word because we like how it sounds, even though it literally means second. <laughs> I can't believe that in a contest of two, we came in second. How is this possible? <laughs> Who could have uh, seen this? Yeah. Oh, but anyhow, I can't even. <laughs> the once DVD started to come out, and because you could store so much, they started to do this thing where they were like, the image is clear, so we'll have bonus features. Hmm. And so VHSs, in the attempt to try to get ahead of the whole clarity image started to do an edge, what you mentioned earlier, widescreen and Panascan. Mm-hmm. Which is basically, as we mentioned, formatting, because television screens are much smaller than movie screens. And shaped to... wrong. <laughs> and shaped wrong. Until yeah. very recently. Well, it, it gets to the point, whenever you put in a VHS, I remember clearly this has been formatted to fit your television. 
And yeah. what they're saying is they have butchered the fucking image to fit this thing on your goddamn television because you couldn't be bothered to go to the damn movies. Yeah. Like, that, 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 those are words I read past so many times in my life without really considering them. <laughs> right, and it wasn't until, like, as I got over to realize, oh, I see what you mean. You, wow, you totally just had to cut this movie to pieces. And, and once you is- once you start to get like once you start getting familiar with the language of cinema, it becomes like jarring to watch something in pan and scan because like <laughs> it's it's not the, it's not the smaller screen exactly, but when it starts to pan across back and forth in a way that the camera isn't, it feels like the devil. <laughs> yeah, it's it is weird and off putting. It is. One of the most unpleasant experiences you can sit through while watching a movie. And I and I watched like all, any most movies that I love. I watched mostly on VHS for you know the first. I don't know how time works, but it was a while. I the widescreen because in order to format widescreen correctly to get the whole image on the screen, they had to cut out the top and the bottom. So you would have what you what a lot of people now see when they watch DVDs and stuff. Uh, the top and bottom of the screen are black, and the screen yeah, the, le- the letterbox, as right, they letterbox like to call edition. it. But it's amazing how when that first started, I had to fight people to get them. Oh yeah, in mind. like there were people I went to college with who refused to watch movies in letterbox because of, like, uh, the fucking black bars black? drive me nuts. There's black bars. I don't want to see those. Which is funny because now that I work in a movie theater. And I now, by the way, work in projection. I can, te- I can, te- I've always noticed, but now that I am in a position I can try to fix little moments when I see like the black bars or the black uh, edges on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And how many people don't even fucking notice that? Philistines. I know, but I, it's weird that we've gone from the point of I can't handle the black bars to I can't even tell the movie's projected properly. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's just, it's the Wild West. It's just whatever you pick up and take with you, and that that is your truth <laughs> until you realize you've been doing it wrong all along. Like, well, that's well, that cycle fact, over and over. It's the fact that we grew up on VHS, and letterboxing yes. is such a jarring cognitive dissonance between what we grew up on and to how it's supposed to be. It's, the, it's the, almost like the subconscious inability to admit that you have literally been watching a movie wrong your entire life. Yeah. Well, I think uh, one of the things in terms of when there is a major shift in in media, and this is this is one of those things that's kind of disappearing in a way that makes me sad, is I have so many sense memories of what it like how you operate cassette tapes like VCRs and stuff like just the uh, the sound of putting a tape in. Or, like, of rewinding or fast-forward. Like, I can hear all of these things very clearly still. And I haven't owned a VCR in, like, 15 years. (laughs) I remember the... Because I uh, taped a lot of movies off television. Like, the studios were terrified of. (laughs) And they did this really cute thing where they would uh, sell the VHS tape with this little, like, tab on the tape that meant you couldn't record off a television or you couldn't... Something like that, and yeah. you could easily remove that tab, folks. I want to yeah. tell you. Well, I mean, that's, the first that's, thing that's me and my mom thing... do when we buy a VHS, we tape off that, pull off that tab, and record something off a television. <laughs> <laughs> Much like that Muppets Christmas special Thad brought up, which I watched repeatedly. That was also on the exactly. same cassette as the Garfield Christmas special, the Charlie Brown <laughs> Christmas special. 
Oh man, that's 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 some quality Christmas specials right oh, there. Oh yeah, as well as an uh-huh. old Disney version of the uh, Christmas Carol that was really quite terrifying as a child. Nice. I believe it was uh, a Rankin and Bass cartoon. That's probably why. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I want you people to oh. understand. There's a sudden generation when you say Rankin Bass cartoon. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, <laughs> let's. Let's uh, jump ahead from from uh, that terrible pit of memories and into because you know what we haven't talked about we've talked a lot about the actual uh, artifacts themselves the technologies right. but what about how we how what about how we pick those up what about movie rental places Jeremiah you mean video stores yeah them you know video stores are, were sort of a revolution idea revolutionary idea because it's basically a library. Of videos. And I know people are like, well, no, duh. It's like, yes, but understand, like I said, 1978 is when they started making VHS and Betamaxes and Laserdiscs and all that. Late 70s. And so video stores didn't start coming in until like the 80s. Yeah. And they uh, were, ev- and you could go, they had actual video stores, mom and pop video stores. You could go to the oh, grocery yeah. store and next to the floor, they'd have like a little tiny video store. And they just had like, like ours. Little- uh- I still remember the uh, Video Junction in Peculiar, Missouri. Oh. Uh, way back in the day, like in, in, in the little, like, uh, strip mall thing across from the grocery store, they had a tiny selection of movies and an even tinier selection of Nintendo games. And it was the greatest thing that a child could ever see. <laughs> well, with videos also came the Video Hounds, mm. which I don't know if you remember this. Video Hounds were a series of giant, uh, giant, not the right word, mammoth books <laughs> in which every movie ever made was cataloged. And yeah. that way you could, it was called a Video Hound because you could take it with you to the video store and <laughs> it's like, I want to watch this movie by Kurosawa. You could go to the Video Hound and it would tell you all the movies by Kurosawa and like had indexed and everything. It and was, you could just go tone. to the video store and pray to God they have it just because it's in the Video Hound doesn't mean it's available. Well, and yeah, this is another I mean, thing. Just because VHS was huge, it was ubiquitous. Still a lot of movies won on VHS. Oh, yeah. It, uh, and I mean, there were also a lot of movies that were just on VHS. Right. Uh, and and I, I mean, like, one of the greatest things that is that that is lost to the world, and I think this is a, a very deep and profound loss, is what it was like to walk through the horror section of a decently stocked video store. <laughs> because, and most of the most of the movies are, I never checked out. I just, I have visual images of VHS horror movie boxes that evoke <laughs> so, they're, they're this fascination because, man, they would make good covers for some garbage movies. Well, that's the uh, sort of like it goes back to how people talk about how uh, movie poster art. The same thing goes for oh, yeah. VHS covers. Like, Absolutely, they used to be kind of amazing. Yeah, now it's it's largely just like a dude looking off into the distance or something. Right. Ugh. But uh, it's focus grouped to death, uh, and it it makes me sad. But w- with video stores, the film clubs grew. the The exclusivity exclusivity of Movie buffed him. Dwindled slightly. Now you're going to go to the video store. And nine times out of ten, the guy work or woman working at the video store would have some knowledge. 
of movies. Yeah, they were. You they don't were go to your, video stores they, just because you do. But yeah, they were your people, source. Like, and they would guide you. Like, if you were a kid to come in, like they're like, "Oh, you like the type of movie? You should check out this." And so you or had they would, another uh, avenue of discovering movies outside of yourself. Or they would dis- dismiss and and mock you to themselves, right. clerk style. Uh, one of that those. was also an issue as well. <laughs> uh, but with yeah. the each technological step of, in terms of home physical media, what we see is a sort of breaking down of the walls around the accessibility hmm. to movies themselves, to the art. And a also a much more sort of... I'm looking for the word, but a much more archival yeah, collection yeah. of the knowledge and the titles. It's also, it's not about removing it, but each time it shifts where the gatekeeping is. Exactly. Because it's still there. Right. Uh, I, I mean, you know, uh, Blockbuster Video was the sort of, uh, after after a long enough time, it, that became synonymous with movie rental. Right. And, and not only that, but it became uh, synonymous uh, with shitty movie rental. Like, everyone went to did. Blockbuster, but everyone sort of viewed Blockbuster as how people view, you know, like, it was the biggest company and also the most hated at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it, it it was the it was the locus of everything, right? Um, although there's actually still uh, I, I think there are still a couple of family videos around here. They're struggling, right. I think. Well, no, but, like, there uh, are some still brick and mortar video stores, but they hmm. survive in like sort of high population areas or just in very in very rural areas simply because they don't have the technology or because the internet is not quite as widespread as we'd like to believe. And and they'll also rent you porn. That's an important part. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, Blockbuster Video, to me, like, there were other video stores around for a while until there were not. Right. Um, <laughs> like, Blockbuster, Blockbuster basically held the, the position that Netflix culturally holds tenuously now, where it's just, like, it's what you say. Like, the uh, if... I'm surprised there wasn't like an equivalent of blockbuster and chill well, because it's it's basically that. Well, so much of when you went to, when you rented a movie in your mind it was a blockbuster movie. It was the, yeah, it's in that it's in that case with the blue right. shape on it. You know, it's one of the things. Well, like uh, I keep saying, like because I, apparently I live in California now. Yeah, you do. Uh, but it's it's hard to describe the just. I think VHS. And yes, I, I see Hollywood Video, and yes, I see Video Junction, but I, I know Blockbuster. Like, that yeah. is the sense memory. That is deeply blue and white tape cassette with the barcode yeah. and the faded plastic. Yeah, with the yellow writing and the, and right. yeah, the, the sun-bleached color, depending on where <laughs> it was in the store. And, also, and and remember to remember to be kind and rewind, Jeremiah. That's <laughs> oh my incredible. god! When DVD stores came out, and I worked at a video store, I had someone come in with a DVD. <laughs> like, I tried to rewind it, and I couldn't figure it how. And he gave it to me, and I'm looking at it. I go, I don't think you rewind this. And he goes, really? Well, it looks like a CD. 
and you don't rewind CDs. And it's like, that's a good point. Because I didn't know how to rewind it either, but I just knew there was no function in front of me to rewind it. So if there was, surely they would have said, oh, by the way, that's the machine that rewinds DVDs. Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm slain. Oh, that's it for me. <laughs> but also understand, uh, with VHSs, you couldn't just go to the place you want. You had to know, you had to take notes on where the scene was. Oh, yeah. Uh, every, everything about DVDs coming onto the scene was uh, a mind-blowing thing. Well, the thing Quality, was... Quality, the... It was mind-blowing, but as we stated, Laserdisc came out in the 70s. It had been going on for fucking ever. It's just... Yes, but now it belonged to the people! Once it caught on, they could it caught on it. like wildfire. And then they're like, well, uh, we can put more information on. Well, what about bonus features? And oh, that's yeah. when you started like having VHS movies, re-releases with bonus features tacked on at the fucking end of the movie. <laughs> I remember yeah. owning two copies of Bring It On. One that was a oh. regular movie, and then the other one was the special edition Letterbox edition with special features. <laughs> uh, if, you, I, if you're feeling like a, if you're feeling waves of judgment, just don't think about it. It's fine. No, no, because I, I, I was a giant Eliza Dushku fan, and so the, not only that, uh, special features. What the hell? I, I liked putting it on. I had no problem with it. I, I take on all uh, comers. Yeah, I... Gah, that is the thing that kills the, the dominance of streaming. Like, that's what keeps me buying Blu-rays, is is I need, I need special features. They are... Uh, I expect them to such a degree that when they're not an option, I, I feel like a, an, it's like a, a cultural phantom limb. Well, and this is where DVDs started getting really weird. They started, everything came with special features. And then after a while, the special features actually became special. And then you're like, this has special features. That just has a trailer. That's not a special feature. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, the, like, I didn't bu- used to get that when I bought the VHS. Oh, yeah, bullshit special features are the worst. Ooh, <laughs> It has it has trailers and T. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh when my! I, I grew up, we had VHS. We had trailers to other movies, but not to the actual movie. And so coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> coming this fall on home video. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> right, but I'm like that's in a way that's technically that's a special feature. <laughs> but <laughs> we have. Like, no, no, I tasted the good like, stuff, man. Now I can't go back. Right, but th- how many people really watch those anymore, though? Uh, and, like, people I don't buy, know. I don't actually ever. They would buy these DVDs as special pieces, but no one watched them. I was the only one watching the commentary. <laughs> Most people <laughs> own commentary, but they never watched it. And so, in some ways, I don't blame streaming for dropping it because ninety-nine percent of the people didn't watch. Yeah. It. They would buy I the ones with all the special of, I hate all of those them. people personally. <laughs> so do I. I own two copies of uh, uh, Blood Simple because one of them has the quote uh, unquote okay. fake, doc, uh, fake commentary. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so video stores existed and were, were something that was clearly booming and would play a central role in your daily life forever until they were murdered immediately uh, and in one and fell swoop 
by uh, by well by 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 Redbox and streaming. Like well, that was. Here's the thing: DVDs were were murdered by streaming, but video stores were not. No, because not exactly. Video stores were murdered by Netflix. I shouldn't even say murdered; they were replaced by Netflix. Which, when it first started, I'm with the most people. That sounded insane. You're gonna mail me the movie. You're gonna yeah. go out of business. People are gonna that, lose. That's so what, many like, movies. when Netflix wasn't digital, it was just mailing discs back and forth. Right. Which, as you remember, I had three or four coming at a time. Oh yeah, you were you were rolling deep in the Netflix movies. But when they started, you're like, that seems too good to be true. And <laughs> yeah, like, at what point do they send leg breakers to my house? Right. Well, no, not only that, but like, surely the amount of people who lose movies who get lost in the mail is going to outweigh the cost, any cost, benefit of mailing them. But no, it actually turns out people are kind of reliable. On top of that, yeah. we, we Netflix, have we have like a massive sense of cultural guilt to keep us mailing those DVDs back. Netflix inadvertently started a new wave because I remember when porn started doing things Netflix style. <laughs> you could, honestly, you couldn't, they had porn versions of Netflixes. Which I, do, I, I, I don't know why that surprises me, but it, it does. Because, understand, streaming hadn't happened yet. So the idea yeah. of Red 2, Porn 2, vaccine, like, all this is not a thing. And so, well, yeah, you could go to the video store to get your porn. Or, why get off the couch? Why leave the house for your point, sir? We'll uh, mail it to you. In a little whatever color envelope it was. I don't know. I'm assuming. Same. I always imagine just paperback brown. No, but. no, no. They had different bright colors. You wanted to be able to see huh. that it came in the mail. I guess that's fair. Not only that, do you remember what colors they were? Because I don't. That's how, that's how well that worked out. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't remember because I didn't order, uh, mail order, like, porn rental, but that's just me. I'm not joking. I remember because I was shocked that they had up to seven disc porn. What? <laughs> like, anthologies? Because, like, I did like, yeah, no, I was like, I can't believe Willy Wink in a Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Oh God! Requires this many DVDs. Do not tell me whether or not you made that up. <laughs> uh, like seriously, friendship on the line moment here. Do not tell me if you're kidding about that. <laughs> uh, we've gotten vastly off topic. Yes, we have. Uh, so, but yeah, like that was that was sort of the next huge shakeup was was the the home disc rental, and then of course. Uh, Video came about as a, like a streaming video. Uh, fuck, video came about. Oh, uh, what have we been talking about for the last streaming forever? video came about, and that changed everything. How we view Dramatic movies, core. how movies are marketed, how movies are made, how because, we live our lives. <laughs> because Netflix started doing something video stores never did, and that's make its own content. Yeah. There was never a blockbuster man. show. There was never a blockbuster YouTube channel. There was no. Like that is super to... normal now, and it was um like it was a brain bending idea right. not very long ago. It, like AMC had a movie talk. There was an AMC movie talk on YouTube for the longest time before it became Collider Movie Talk. Mm-hmm. But like you had a bit like a movie chain had a YouTube channel. Yeah. Regal had one, but it wasn't quite as popular. 
but the idea mm. of creating your own little scripted content, content from a video distribution company, that's absurd. You had homemade movies, you had like made for VHS movies, but those were movie studios that were distributing them. It would right. be as if um, VHS, the company, just started making movies as opposed to VHS tapes. Yes, it's... God, it's weird. <laughs> like, like I, I, people need to understand, this is revolutionary. The idea yeah. that the thing that was like, yeah, you know what, That it's as if... Pizza Hut never made the pizza. They just delivered pizza. <laughs> and then they said, you know what? Well, let's make pizza. Yeah, you know what? Let's cut out the middleman and start making right. pizza. Uh, <laughs> and not only and that, like, but these let's jumps make keep coming fat, not like, for movies, but for the computer screen. Yeah, and these jumps keep coming faster and faster. Like, most of these have taken place while we have been alive. <laughs> <laughs> the majority... Like, we've seen so... Like, I'm actually going to be disturbed whenever things settle down. Like, if if we reach a point where it's just like, nah, we've reached a good way of distributing, like, movies and, te- and like, video. I don't... It's weird to even call it television now at some point. Well, uh, in a weird way, we kind of have, because you brought up HTV and the, the fight between DVD and Blu-ray, which wasn't really yeah. a fight so much as one a can store stomping. more information with better resolution and better picture quality and sound quality. The issue is, we're getting to a point now where, because the difference between Blu-ray and high def is, you can't tell the difference. Yeah, you have to to have have a lot of stuff to be able to give a crap about 4K. (laughs) Right. It's one of the things where, like, it doesn't, there's no cost benefit to owning 4K. Yes, it says your picture is better, but you can't really visually see. Because we've now reached a point where, yeah, it's, it's impossible for your naked eye to visually discern the difference. Yeah, un- unless unless you're getting like a, a movie theater size screen. Right. Well, and even then, <laughs> you you are not going to see a difference. Uh, and a different, almost a different conversation entirely is the switch from film to digital and movies. And yeah. Just in terms of how cl- the clarity of images, but also just because the amount of light used, how you can also start to see things that are fake as truly fake whereas when the light is dimmer you can more easily be fooled yeah conversation. Uh, but this is also why vhs was such a revolutionary thing because made for vhs things or seeing things on vhs instead of the movies you saw as we said lower quality and yeah so and that's cheaper- that's interesting because like it, it, juxtaposing that for like made for netflix or made for amazon stuff is is the complete opposite right because uh, you know, I think of net, I think of Netflix series, or I think of like the one Amazon Prime series that I watch. Shout out to the Tick, uh, <laughs> and I think high quality content. Like it, right. I have rarely been disappointed, except for in Iron Fist, which disappointed me on a fundamental level of being alive at all. Iron Fist uh, disappointed everybody because it's a disappointing <laughs> pile of shit. Oh, but uh, but yeah, like made for because when you don't think you can be disappointed anymore, it goes hold my beer. <laughs> I haven't oh, yet begun to disappoint. Yeah, but like made for made for uh, TV or direct to video, like those are still pejoratives. Right. Like that doesn't well. Those again, fill me with distrust. You show you uh, shared that video with me, and they made a very good point. Horror movies, as you brought up, benefited greatly from this because horror movies 
while imagery is important, really w- do a lot of with like darkness. And when you have yeah. trouble seeing uh, this, things, the video, uh, the video in question for listeners is uh, it's the scanline video about VHS by YouTube's H Bummer guy. Right. Uh, really good watch if you're interested in, in VHS history. And it's basically it makes horror movies much more effective. More yeah. so than they would be. Uh, and I mean, you can even you can even just see this in what modern what some modern horror movies have done. Like the ring being sort of one of the 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 peak of just like tech horror, right? Is that VHS aesthetic is scary? <laughs> <laughs> well, which is odd because I am one of those people that I so I argue for seeing every movie in the theater. You in movies right. are made to be seen in the theater, but he made a very interesting point about how some movies benefit greatly from being watched on the small screen simply because of everything yeah. we talked about the. Unclear resolution, the crappy visual quality, and the cropping, weird cropping of the footage of the thing, and and even just being alone, especially right. for things like horror movies, being alone in your own house because everyone for some reason is scared to be alone in their own house. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, all of the like, there, it's one of those things. There's a um. I, I, God, who is? I think it's like a Brian Eno quote or something about how um, the the faults of like a particular type of media will become a like become a chosen aesthetic after that media is sort of grown past. So like that's why we see a lot of uh, you know weird sort of throwback movies. Um, oh, what was the one I watched not that long ago? It was like the House of the Devil or something like that. Oh yeah, was this a uh, throwback to like eighties uh, era like? Alone in the house horror movie. Well, and, we, and we've entered a weird point in terms of uh, storytelling for movies and television, in which we harken back to older decades mm. and like visual aesthetics and try to pay homages. But if you watch movies from the sixties, the seventies, uh, or even really the eighties, fifties, forties, they don't harken back to previous decades. No, they're making shit. They, they, they just do their own shit. They take things from mm. those decades, but there's no like homage to the way they used to make movies in the 40s because mm. they didn't... They, the 40s movie quality compared to like the 50s movie quality in terms of picture and sound was crap. So why were they hard and to also, back to that? Well, I mean, uh, and also just the there's that question of access too. Like how right. do you hearken back to something when it's hard to have access to it in the first place? This is true, because also at that time, you're talking about a lot of people in Hollywood, a lot of filmmakers making movies at the time, they're either German expats or immigrants from other countries. And, like, it's very much this access and knowledge of what their own movies from their own country. So making homages to old Hollywood movies is not something they really have a knowledge of. Mm. But uh, So, yeah, uh, the, the medium is, in fact, the message. Uh, shout out to shout out to McClure. So um, <laughs> there's that. Thank you, Marshall. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like we're we're probably nearing the end of our time together. We are. Uh, did we have did you have any end. sort of capstone stuff you wanted to hit uh, in in this conversation? Uh, no, just the fact that keep. Uh, I I really just wanted to talk about the strangeness that we find ourselves in because me and you like this generation in my life right now has seen an amazing technological shift in yeah, how we we've watch seen movies and television. <laughs> you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> 
laser discs on fire off the shoulder <laughs> of a woman. I watched Betamax glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. I, I had the I had all the those Jones, formats will be lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, VHS is weird. Find some crazy VHS stuff on YouTube and watch it and appreciate it because it's yeah. terrible. Uh, actually, I was I was just. Here's here's my sort of final shout out, and this isn't exactly a recommendation. It's somewhere between a recommendation and a warning. Okay, is uh, my friend Ross really loves to show uh, our our group of friends everything is terrible. Okay, and if you're not familiar, everything is terrible uh, is a YouTube channel, and they, they also do like release DVD things where they just they mine the weirdest VHS content. And like splice it together and edit it into just fever dreams of strangeness that I, 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 maybe it's a book of Henry type thing. Like I kind of want (laughs) other people to see it so that they will also suffer. Um, It's really fascinating and strange and I love it, but it's terrible because everything is terrible. Uh, And that's what it's called. Everything is terrible. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for right now. Uh, be sure to check out the other podcast from the Fanimentals. We have the Fanimentalists, Unabashed Books, Snobbly, Ladies First. And don't forget to rate and uh, review us on iTunes. That's how we get uh, seen. And uh, until next time, that's all for me. Say goodbye, Thad. Goodbye!